may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... Right, nearly half time pal, your turn to get a ground round in, off you go No, you get this one in mate because I've got the beer sorted for later What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one, you know that's not how the ground round works Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN. To get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five, that's www.beer52.com forward slash vftn. Sound pie with a pint, then? You know I never say no to a pie. Welcome to a coronavirus-riddled episode of View from the Ninian, where one third of the team has the coronavirus. Uh, we won't tell you which one of us has it, but um, it's me. It's me. I've got the coronavirus. Um, I think I got it in Sainsbury's. So. Um, if you're listening out there, avoid the supermarkets at all costs. Um, it's not very exciting. Uh, joining me as usual are people without the coronavirus. Ben Price. Ben, how are you? I'm good, mate. Do I have to log you on Track and Trace now? We're doing this over Zoom, or you do? Yeah, yeah. Basically, they've they've discovered that um, the coronavirus can be spread via webcam. Fair enough. Um, so um, just looking at you means that you've got it now. Uh, and Tom, um, you should probably do the same. How are you? <laughs> very well, thank you. Uh, has coronavirus reached any of you in Cardiff and West Wales? West Wales going each yeah. getting COVID seventeen, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> 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 it's too I, easy I, that joke, isn't it? I could yeah, do better. You... I'm better than that. <laughs> well, you're not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah. I'm the only one in my family who hasn't been vaccinated because they're all NHS. They've all got real jobs. Um, oh. So. Yeah, but you get you get the me. benefit of that though because it's the herd immunity is caused by them having the vaccination. Very true, very true. So thank you to the government for bringing in the vaccine. A bit late for me, but you know there we go, <laughs> there we go. I do get five months worth of immunity from now though. Um, so hopefully that'll take me up until I am available to get the jab because who knows when that will be. Um, we've got a jam-packed podcast this week and we'll start in the most logical place of all, which was yesterday's two-one loss against Norwich. Ben, what did you make of the game? pants on it yeah rubbish <laughs> it weren't good at all um was, was there any good performances that you could you could spot amongst that joel baggin once again the only bright spark for me literally everything good about us is that lad he looks exciting he's not afraid to get on the ball a couple of easy passes that he could have gone for something a bit more dangerous but other than that that boy's he's the number th- the future number three shareholder isn't he tom do you agree yeah i was a bit skeptical at first i thought it was just because we haven't had the prospect come through for a while, I thought we were just kind of honing in on him as a as a future prospect and painting him to be better than he than he is. But no, he he did look good. 
but he's just let down by the players around him again. There was a couple of times where he broke broke free from defence, found himself in a bit of space, and there was no one ahead of him. Um, so I think you know, I think there's more to come from him. And now we've got people like more back in the team. You might see, I don't know, some of these darting runs that he does come to fruition. Um, ben, you mentioned he's obviously the future number three. Um, Bennett's obviously playing centre half at the moment. Does this, you know, we, we've seen new contracts being mentioned this week for certain players, but this does this mark the end of one Greg Cunningham for you? I think so. Um, realistically, if you're going to play anyone as cover for left back now, who are you going to put in? A bloke that's got six months left on his contract, has been injury prone, or a young lad from your academy that you've got high hopes for. If you're playing Cunningham in that situation, you're sending a real bad message to the rest of the youth team. Yeah. Uh, Tom, do you, do you feel sorry for Cunningham a little bit? I think he's coming up to, I think he's made 12 appearances for Cardiff since he signed in 2018. Uh, do you think he's been hard done by? That's mental, really. I, th- I think when he came in, we thought that's going to be someone who's going to play a lot of football for us. He seemed an ideal fit and it's just never really got going. Um, no, I do feel for him a bit. He seems like a decent bloke as well. But yeah, um, like he was loved at Preston, wasn't he, before he came to us? They um, loved him at Bristol as well when he was on loan at Bristol. Yeah, and it, it just thought, like like I said, ideal fit for us. But yeah, never never really hit the ground running. And I think it, it's one of those, he'd just disappear now and we'll kind of easily forget about him in a couple of years. He almost yeah. played as much for Blackburn where he ended up injured than he has for Cardiff in, what, three years? Bonkers, no. It's a shame. It's a shame, but um, it's another classic Neil Wardock sign-in. Cheers, Neil. Um, let's looking back at yesterday again, uh, Tom. Um, obviously, the the punk the game was punctuated once again by a poor start. I mean, we seem to say the same thing every week, don't we? I'm sick of it now. And, and the thing is, going in <laughs> going into that game, I went to the cup of tea and sit down and watch it. And I knew <laughs> there was only a couple of minutes till it started. And I thought, I've got to scrap the tea because no one else will concede. Scrap the tea, and we conceded. And I was like, ah, oh, this. It's just ridiculous. I don't understand. I haven't looked at how many times we've done it, but it feels like every other game that we've conceded within about 10 minutes against teams. And then you're on the back foot. And then pe- people don't need to press against us. They can just sit back. And we're just not good enough to break anyone down. So it's just so frustrating to watch because it's just avoidable. These goals are so avoidable. It's not like a moment of class. It's a moment of us just switching off or not switching on from the f- first whistle. Well, you look at the difference between our start and Norwich's. We got an, we got a quick break within thirty seconds. Wilson's not just with it; should have scored. Their keepers with it. He makes a good block and stops it. They get on the other end, and there's not much Smithies can do. It's just the centre backs once again, just thumbs up their asses, doing nothing. What Nelson's doing is just losing his man there. Absolutely beggars belief, and it's not the first time. The bloke cannot keep track of who he's marking. It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what he's doing at the moment, but he's just seemed to have lost all confidence. One of the Twitter questions, um, and I can't find who said it. Ah, it was essentially, Ben, what has happened to Nelson? What has know. happened to Nelson? It just seems like he's lost all belief in himself. We know he's a decent player, but what the hell is just... I just don't get what's going on with him. I found it. It was it, it was Lil Salt. Little Salt. So small salt, not big salt, little salt. Not big salt. He said it. Not big salt. He said it. He just basically said, what's happened to Nelson this season? He's gone backwards, hasn't he, Tom? Yeah, because we looked just, I don't know, we looked so assured at the back last season with uh, Morrison and Nelson there. And I know Morrison's not in the team now, but there was there was flashes of Nelson losing a bit of form before that. And, and now he's the focal point of that defence. Now that we've got makeshift centre-backs alongside him, he looks flawed, doesn't he? 
and you know mm-hmm. we we were on about him as one of our players of the season last season up there, and what, and what a fantastic signing he was. But I don't know what it is. I'm hoping it's just a blip. But it's a few weeks now. He just I say it's a long blip. Fully, yeah, he he just doesn't feel full of that confidence that we once had in him. It's been since December, isn't it? The Jack, yeah. just before the Jacks, he started looking a bit shaky. He was poor for was it Stoke or Watford? I can't remember which one. He was looking quite poor in that game. And this is a player we were like, if, oh, if he was 23, 24, we'd be worried that Premier League teams were going to come in for him in the summer. And since then, just an absolute nosedive of sort of epic proportion. It is a shame because he did look so assured at times last season and him and Morrison seemed to have the perfect partnership together where one player, you know, Nelson was a bit quick, a bit pacey, covered in for Morrison's mistakes. It was like the natural foil for each other. But this year, it's almost as if that Nelson is he's the player, you know, we were calling for it for a long time. He's the player who should have been dropped, but obviously Morrison being injured has, has caused um, caused a bit of trouble there. Um, ben, so yes, they saw the return of Kiefer Moore. Um, I think I tweeted something along the lines of, was the second half better or did Kiefer Moore just come on? The question I've got is, why can we only play when he's on the pitch? Because we played, we lob balls aimlessly in the hope that whoever our striker is can get a flick onto it. It's not Glatzel's game. It's not um, Mark Harris's game. It's not really Kiefer Moore's game. He's just good at it. So mm. he just manages to do what the others can't. The game plan, the game, the game plan doesn't change no matter what strikers on the pitch. We've just finally got a striker on the pitch that can sort of try and respond to that game plan. Still didn't work that well. It wasn't okay. exactly spectacular, but um, at least there was a striker sort of trying to make, not trying to make it work because Glatzel and Harris have worked hard to try and make it work. It's just not, doesn't suit them. Tom, do you have a bit more confidence now that Moore's back? bit more confidence that we might get some results in the next few games yeah I think so um, I don't think we necessarily will get better results because of it but we're more likely to with him on the field because he just does give us that outlet of because our, our midfield aren't really up to scratch at the moment I think that's one of the reasons why Nelson's getting caught out a bit as well he's getting no protection in front of him but you know we can't, like, we can't just bypass that midfield who are letting us down now and more will make the ball stick like he's he's a cracking player. It, it's we might see more out of people like Wilson and stuff as well, having a focal point looking mm-hmm. for more on there. And we shouldn't have to rely on one player to you know to turn our form around. But it, every time someone asks, like, "Oh, do you fancy yourself this game?" I look at the score, uh, the team sheet, and see more isn't there, and go, "No." And now he's back. It's like, "Oh, we might sneak a one nil. You know, we might sneak a goal." But yeah, let's. Let's pick up on the midfield for a, for a second. You made a point there that maybe it's the the poor play midfield that's costing us. Ben, you, you, we've, we've kind of persisted with the three over the last few weeks. Rolls, Marlon Pack and um, Will Vox. Um, are any of them playing well at the moment? Obviously, Rolls got the goal yesterday and he was probably slightly better than he has been in recent weeks. But you wouldn't say Pack and Vox are playing particularly well at the moment. I mean, obviously, Pack got sent off. Marloff Pack, if you will. Um, You're too proud of that. You are too proud joke, of that. It's a good joke. But, you know, they're costing us at the moment, aren't they? Because we're not doing anything with the ball in the middle of the park. It's obvious who we're missing in that midfield. It's Bakuna. The energy yeah. is there from Bakuna that we don't have from the other three. It's sort of, you see those three play at the moment. It's that Spider-Man meme of them pointing to each other. Yeah. It's just too similar. Just players not on form and no options in there to sort of change it up it does also beg the question of why if you can see there's issues with that midfield why not give Tom Sang a go and see if he's actually good enough because something has to be done because that midfield's letting us down so much there's no energy there there's no drive forward 
it's just bypassing the midfield and sort of leaving us lacking up top and somehow vulnerable at the back as well. I don't understand how it quite works as if they're afraid to leave that centre circle. It's just, it's, it's, it's classic, and, and this is the only thing I'll ever compare Sunday League to. It's classic Sunday League. The, the defence can't rely on the midfield, so they bypass the midfield to boot the ball forward. The ball doesn't stick up front, so the ball comes back to the defence because the midfield aren't cutting it out. And it just creates this, essentially, it's just so much pressure then on the defence that, of course, they're going to slip up because they can't hold out for 90 minutes the whole time. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's, classic, it's just crap football because that's what happens when crap football is played because no one wants to keep hold of the ball, so the ball never sticks. But I'm a very good Sunday League player, so... I you know I hold out for ninety minutes and never let the ball in. Um, Tom Marlon packed red card crap on it. It's just fucking stupid, isn't it? Like he got away with one tackle already, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't like he got a second yellow. He got straight red for it. It's just like it's no, just he got a second yellow. He got a second yellow. It was a second yellow, was it? Yeah, it was. As, as I understood it, yeah. Oh, I think he was lucky to get a second yellow then. <laughs> but no, it's just it's just daft, isn't it? Like we, we finally got a foothold back in the game, and then five minutes later we get a man sent off. It's just it's it's the same as the Swansea thing with rolls. Like there's a difference between increasing a bit of effort, trying to increase a bit of tempo into the game, and just reckless tackling. And you know you're on a yellow, just just don't make that challenge. Like he, he decided not to make a challenge for the first 40 minutes of the game. <laughs> and then he just does that and it's just you know I want to stick up for some of these players at times like Marlon Park gets a lot of abuse but it's hard to stick up for him when he when he does something like that it's, it's just, not like he was going anywhere with the ball was it it wasn't like the no. ball was anywhere like in any threat we had a few men back it wasn't like they were going to hit us on the break the ball was going nowhere it was just petulant and just sort of ill-disciplined it was really really poor from a galactic player. brain wasn't it but from a player that should know much better than that, that's the first red card in his career, which the I found That's the first yeah. red card of his career. And what a fucking time to get it, the absolute bell end. I just think, I think, I just don't think he's particularly happy at the moment, is he? Like, it, it, we've seen stuff in recent weeks where his, where his family have tweeted certain things. And I think Pac probably thinks he's either being played in the wrong position or should be playing more. And that seems like a symptom of his unhappiness, right? That just kind of frustrated petulant challenge when you're already on a yellow card you know what you're gonna you know you're gonna get sent off like no footballer is that stupid but like if i go into the office and then my boss cuts my budget i can't two foot his desktop can i it's not exactly no, but you could i don't know what you could do actually that's an equivalent <laughs> yeah. it's still a shit thing to do it's a really really poor sort of just attitude to have and it's sort of systematic of sort of some of the problems you've got within the club I think that's could, sort, it's the could... sort of tackle that if a team's happy and everything's going well, the player doesn't make. You could, you could. I'm just trying to think of an, an analogy here for what you could do in the office. You could not do a piece of work very well. I do that anyway. Uh, well, I don't know what you could do then. Change your um, Twitter password. Could change your Twitter password. You could tweet something incriminating. Um, I don't know. I don't know about what Ben. I don't know your boss, but you could do that. Uh, Tom, just going to round off the, the Norwich game before we get into the, the post-match comments from Neil Harris. Um, I saw a tweet about uh, Harry Wilson basically saying that if Harry Wilson isn't in the game, he won't be able to get himself into the game to have an impact. We've kind of seen Harry Wilson on the peripheries for the last couple of weeks now. He's not really being as influential as we would expect. Um, is that the weight of expectation on his shoulders? Is it the system? He's just not fulfilling the, the kind of expectations we had of him, is he? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, isn't it? Just a combination of the whole team underperforming, playing 
in a position that he doesn't necessarily want to be playing in. And, you know, and I, th- I think they're right in saying, like, Harry Wilson, and in his best games, still doesn't do something... Like, he's not involved for 90 minutes. He comes alive for, like, a moment around the box, or you'll have a 20-minute spell where he really, like, grabs it by the scruff of the neck. But, yeah, you're right. He, he, he's not going to go... I don't know. He's not going to just get himself involved. He does drop deeper, though. Like you can see, you can see the frustration from him. Like yeah. he's dropping deeper and deeper, trying to get the ball, trying to get it going, but it's just not working. Um, well, nothing's working at the moment. That's the thing. Like that, we're just inept. Like all around the field at the moment. There's, I can't. Like when the fact that we're saying that, like Joe Bagan's like our standout player when he had an all right game shows <laughs> that we're just, we're just struggling. The barrel. Yeah, major struggles. Well, tell you about Wilson dropping deep. It was Mark Denham was on the card commentary. Slightly hammered him at one stage, saying, why is he so deep? Why is he not getting forward? And two seconds later, Curtis Nelson gets the ball and slams it from like pretty much on the inside our own box, straight into the Norwich goalkeeper's hands. And then you're like, that's why he's going deep, because he's not seeing any of the ball at all in the middle of the park. He's got to come deep to get the ball because we just fucking slam it up top. And he can't have any involvement. I can understand his frustration with that. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Again, we're not playing to player strengths. It's been just the most obvious thing all season. We're not playing to anyone's strengths. I think this game, you, you don't expect, or you half expect to have a performance like this against someone like Norwich. But it's not an isolated incident now, is it? Like we've been poor for weeks and weeks. So like you could forgive it or losing 2-1 to Norwich, who are probably the best team in this division. Like They've given us a footballing lesson twice now. But, but it, you got to think, you're saying that Norwich is the best side. I don't think Norwich are very good and they were missing a lot of first-team players because they've been hanging around with Ben. <laughs> I I don't live in Norwich. <laughs> I don't I don't know these guys. I heard you and Pookie went around Sainsbury's together. Yeah, we did meet up in Sainsbury's incognito. Yeah, we had to buy some cheese. <laughs> Didn't even know Timo Puki likes cheese. Anyway, boys, stop being so depressed about the performance. Because tell you what, man, one man who wasn't depressed about the performance—that's Neil Bloody Harris. Um, I, I kind of expected the press conference to be, you know, a classic Neil Harris show, but he kind of outdid himself yesterday. I'm going to run through some of the comments, and I got some questions for you, boys. Um, one of them, I'm really proud of that performance. What an effort by the boys. What an effort for 90 minutes. But for the last 25 or 10 men, we went toe-to-toe with by far the best team in the division. I thought there was some outstanding performance in the makeshift back four. I thought Joe Rawls was excellent. Marlon Pack was excellent. On the whole, it's a massive positive. It might sound crazy. We didn't get the point, if not three we wanted. But that's the level of performance where players have got to go to for the rest of the season. Ben, when you listen to Neil Harris make those comments, does it make you question what you know about football, what you're watching, you know, are, are you doing a double take? Because if you've seen a performance that's bad and he's seen one that's good, you know, do you agree with anything he said there? No, I think he's talking absolute shit. <laughs> I just don't get it's this. Like for, to pick out certain players is one thing to say they had a good game or they did this right. They did that right. I can sort of go for that. Like you don't want to hammer your players. You hammer players that used to play for you, but you don't want to hammer your players. Um, but then to go for a player that got the most fucking pointless red card and cost us coming back into the game and single him out for praise, it's just blindness. It's just stupid. And you're opening yourself up for like such easy criticism when you're already under pressure, yeah. Massive pressure. It's just fucking stupid. And I'm really getting sick of it because I don't want to dislike Harris. I like the bloke. I think the way he talks, 
while it is quite funny and quite sort of partridge at times, I don't think he's a bad bloke at all. And I want to like him and want to respect him and want him to do well. But then when you're coming out with this after that performance and saying the mid, picking out midfielders saying they did well, fuck off. So quite measured comments there from Ben. Tom, um, does it make you question what you're watching? Do you agree? Again, do you agree with anything that he said? I agree with one thing. Um, I think he said, um, you might think I'm crazy. And I agree, Neil. Uh, you are mental. Um, no, like, I get what he's trying to do, but I just don't agree. But when you're saying about, like, does it question what you know about football? I was thinking, perhaps I just don't get it. Perhaps I'm not mm-hmm. seeing things he's seeing. But then on the flip side, I think he's not seeing things he should be seeing. And that, that makes me really worry that if he thinks that's a good performance... That's the yardstick. That's what he that's, wants yeah, for the rest of the season. For the rest of the season, what? Two if that's what it is for the rest of the season, I'm not watching anymore. I can't deal with that. What did Darren Huckabee tweet you? Um, Darren Huckabee tweeted... Oh, God, let me find... Tom, carry on with what you're saying so I can find the tweet. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure on me. Yeah, go on. Just, just fill it. Yeah, fill well, it. It's just, it's just, yeah, like you said, you're only singling out players for praise who've had a red card for a needless foul. Like you are, that is that is the ultimate clutch of the straws, isn't it? Like, I know he's trying to deflect attention like away from players, but it's not quite Mourinho-esque, is it? No. So so Darren Huckabee tweeted, we are playing well, but Cardiff are bang average. I quote tweeted him saying, that's being kind. And he commented saying, didn't want to be harsh. Um, it's, I mean, if, you know, Darren Huckabee was a very good footballer. I don't know if he's a coach or a manager, but if you've got, you know, Norwich, Norwich, yeah, pundits kind of people who are involved in the club saying that we're playing very badly and then he's coming out at the end of the game and going that's the yardstick performance of the rest of the season what a last 25 minutes you went toe to toe but like what a last 25 minutes we were already down to 10 men and Norwich were two two up like Norwich weren't pushing for the game so we were going toe to toe with a team who taking their foot off the gas um, Norwich let us have the ball so much because they knew we weren't going to do anything with it precisely yeah precisely um I don't know, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? And like you say, then it just opens him up to immediate criticism where fans are jumping down his throat. Like we we tweeted it from the VFTN account, and and I don't think there was anyone out there who said, "Oh yeah, we agree with him." It was literally just people laughing at him on Twitter. It's kind of like why open yourself up for such ridicule when you could just I don't know rein it in a little bit. I don't know if he's trying to be positive in public so that it g's people up, but like I just don't know. It just comes across as deluded. It comes across <laughs> as deluded. I don't know. I don't know at all. Um. Huh. Anyway, there was some good news to come from yesterday, though, wasn't there? Moving on to, I mean, what's turning out to be quite a ridiculous transfer window so far. Um, ben, obviously, yesterday saw us announce the signing of Max Waters from Crawley Town. Um, depending on who you believe, the fee is up to a million pounds. Um, comes highly rated. I think it's 13 goals in 12 starts so far this season for Crawley. Highest expected goal, Tom, that's for you, in the Thank top you. four divisions with 0.67 goals per 90 minutes, and that doesn't include penalties. Uh, a goal every 79 minutes so far this season. What could go wrong, Ben? Oh, no, nothing. This is just the perfect transfer and we're going to win the Champions League in three years. Now, to be honest, it's actually nice to see the club thinking long-term about an investment. We sort of said one of the big criticisms is we don't know where the club's going long-term. And this sort of shows sort of their thinking. If this shows their thinking and their transfer strategy going forward, then I'm all for it. It's not, as far as sort of this market goes, it's not a huge amount of money. Mm -hmm. Um he seems like he's got a good pedigree. I, I don't think as much of much can go horribly wrong. He says 
waiting for a story to break in the next 20 seconds. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good transfer, really, isn't it? I think, why not? Tom, do you agree? Yeah, surprisingly sensible business. Um, I think it's nice that it's like it's not a journeyman coming in. It's like he's still relatively young. And I think that's what's been most promising about this transfer window. The names that we've been linked with are young players. Like, I don't know whether that's an attitude of, right, this year's kind of over now. <laughs> Do we just bed in some players ready for next season and go again? But no, it's, it, they don't seem like panic buys to me. I think they're quite sensible business. Um, and yeah, and if the other names that have been banded about, I won't spoil it because I know I can see, I can see the agenda that's going to come up. Spoiler alert. Um, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just really sensible business. I'm crying out for a striker because Glatzel just looks like we've broken him. I think we might oh, have to return him to Germany. Poor Bobby um, G. Yeah, so yeah, much needed fresh legs up front. Um, he said of, of the signing, Harris, I'm really pleased. The club have said for a long time since they brought me in, they want the change of the, philo- the change of philosophy of signing players. We have to get the balance between experienced players and younger players coming through. Uh, that's the way the club wants to go. And I support that with this signing. Um, I, I don't think there's anything to be read into in those comments. It's, it's sensible. It's signing players with that resale value. We're bringing him in for, if it's a million pounds, 200 grand, whatever. He's still only 21, 22, and he's still got his whole career ahead of him. Um, the other signings we've been we've been linked with at the moment um, run through them now. We've had uh, Perry Perry NG Perry Ing, whichever way you want to say it. That's that's apparently almost a done deal, depending on where you believe. Around three hundred and fifty grand. I've got Young, seems like a nutter, uh, captain of crew. So that's obviously the leadership we need. There's still the conversation around. Um, I don't know how to say his name, but I think it's Guibert, the uh, the French right back from Aston Villa. Played twenty five times in the Prem last season. Would be a loan, so short term signing. Um, the Villa fan I know prefers them to the backup they are keeping, which I think is Al El Omadi from Hull, uh, the, the Egyptian international. There was talk yesterday of Hurahan coming in. Um, and the last one, which is probably the most surprise signing out of all this, Ben, is Jack Simpson. Um, it's apparently a £750,000 fee for a centre-back centre centre out of contract um, at the end of the year. Um, I've got some tweets from Bournemouth fans, but Ben, do you know anything about Jack Simpson? Do you, are you, are you uh, pleased with this or do you have any idea of who he is? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you, Tom. Do you know who he is? I was going to attempt. Yeah, I've been watching him for a while. You know, promising young lad, but I know absolutely fuck all to be fair. But the the Perry NG one, I'm in like an EFL WhatsApp chat with a few boys from London. Like, and there's a crew fan in there, and um, he saw the link that we were trying to get him for like 350k, and he goes, "You must be fucking kidding me! Like, we, we should not be letting him go for that." He he, he thinks he's he thinks highly of him. And he thinks I've been really trying to have their pants down. So that seems like good business. Um, I mean, I, 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 you know, when when the link was announced to Jack Simpson last night, found some tweets about him. Um, Tommy Heffernan's poodle on Twitter, 750 grand for a player who looks world-class for 95% of the games he plays. Imagine how much we'd have got him for if he was able to eradicate that calamitous 5%. Um, someone responded to his tweet by saying, we must have been watching different Simpsons, totally out of depth in this league, just about pass the ball, but panics every time it's near him. And then Daniel Pedrini said, finally gets a good run in the team and somebody comes into him. Not a coincidence, he's a good player and I feel we do well to keep hold of him, especially if we don't go up this season. Um, I mean, as a, as, a, as a collective, Tom, the signings we're making here, like you said, there's Waters, 21, Perry NG, I think is 24. I think Simpson's 24. I think Guy is still relatively young, but obviously his is more temporary. It's just a loan. But of those three players that we're looking to sign permanently, 
that definitely suggests a change in our transfer policy, right? You know, last season under Warnock, we were signing Flint, who was 30 at that point. Um, even under Harris last year, we signed people like Albert Adoma, who we were kind of linked with. But signing these young players with resale value, that suggests a change in philosophy, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I, and I think it suggests that Harris isn't going anywhere quickly. I think I think he's probably managed to convince the people on the board like that, look, these are all Warnock's players. They're aging. There's not much I can do with it. Give me a transfer window. Give me a bit of a bit of steer and who we're signing and then give them a chance um and uh, yeah it, it does look like a complete change like I think when we had the Doma and stuff coming in we were limited with who we could bring in that short notice where this is kind of the first like full crack at the transfer window that Harris has probably had so yeah it's I, I'd be half tempted mind with the loan ones just to say don't bother save the money because I can't see us getting playoffs this year and I don't think we're bad enough to go down so I'm kind of like, why waste getting those loan signings in? Just get a few more youngsters in, like they're doing there, and and just kind of build for next season. Now that's a bit defeatist, but I just can't see us catching sixth place now. What 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 position were we in when Harris came in like, this time last January? 17th, Where were we? In? I think seventeenth in January. Yeah, but what was the points then? Was it because well, what's it now? Isn't it like fourteen points or something? Or was it eleven? It's, it's lost. It's about 11 points. Because we're closer to relegation now, aren't we, than playoffs? Yeah. We are, let me just double check, 15 to 6th is 11 points. 11 points. Okay, it's not. I just I just can't see all those teams above us slipping up. But we've got to try. I, I, I can see yeah, teams got to try. slipping up. I can see teams slipping up. I just can't see us being good enough to capitalise. <laughs> Let's, I mean, but like, but we've had quite a bad, not injury crisis, but obviously we, we had one right back who's been out injured. Um, we lost Tomlin, who was a key influential player last year. We lost Moore, who was coming into a bit of form when he got injured. Do you, and, and this is uh, aside from transfers, Ben, is there a chance that we've had a really bad injury luck now and that other teams will, will get theirs? This is a tight season. There's going to be muscular injuries. There's going to be games piling up. We've got winter still to come. In, you know, There's still a month or so where the weather could get really bad, where games get called off. There's still hope, isn't there, Ben? Yeah, I don't think the season's dead and buried. And other, like I said, other teams are going to drop points. It's, it's not going to be a high, seven, high 70s to get top six like it's been most other seasons. I think it's going to be very close. The championship's very average this year at the best. Even like in a regular season, it would be very, a very, very average league. So to go from that, yeah, there's, there's always a chance. Until it's mathematically impossible, it, there's always a chance. But... These transfers give you more hope. You know, we're signing, if we sign two right-backs, then we've got, all of a sudden, we'll have an abundance of right-backs because we'll have Gibert, NG, and we'll have Osei Tutu, who obviously is still injured. If we get Hurahan, which I, I don't see Hurahan happening, but if we get him in, we've got more attacking intent. Jack Simpson could be the centre-half that we've been looking for all season. Waters could come in and get, even if Waters gets five goals between now and the end of the season, that's five goals he didn't have before. I don't think Waters is one for this season. Um, I think I'm not. I'm really not expecting much from him. It's a two league jump. Um, I don't expect to, him to get five goals. I don't expect him to start a huge amount of games. I think he'll come off the Sounds bench. Sounds like you want to make a bet about that, mate. I reckon he'll get five goals between now and the end of the season. There are 23 games left. I reckon he's got five goals in it between now and the end of the season. I'll have a 10 on it with you. Tom, do you want to get in on this action? I'll leave you to fight it out. I, I, I think you'll get five goals as well, but I'll, I'll keep my money. I don't think there should be a money bet, Ben. I think there needs to be a forfeit here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll work on the forfeit. Tom could be the uh, Tom could come up with a forfeit and tell us what it is next week. Oh, I, I think I've got one. So I'll wait. But what is it then? I reckon uh, 
facial hair has to be shaved off for whoever loses. You're so proud of your moustache, Ben James. <laughs> you know, full beard on Ben Price. I can't I think. get rid of the beard. Mate, no, well, I, th- I think this should be the forfeit. Facial hair off. I was going to say, Ben Ben has to shave his facial hair into a moustache and I have to shave my mine off if I lose. Okay. I can't. Yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting married in July. I can't get rid of the beard before the wedding. Sounds like you're not that confident to me then. No, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> well, that, that could be it in less time. You can come up with a, if you can come up with a better forfeit for two years. I next won't come week, up with a better one than that, but one that you doesn't would, affect like, agree his with. wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, essentially. That's it. Essentially. Fine. <laughs> uh, um, before we move on to the Twitter questions, um, are you happy with this? this transfer window tom you know we were talking about having no money and all of a sudden you know harris is saying we're not going to spend any money no one is and all of a sudden we're looking like we're going to spend one almost two and a half million quid are you relatively happy i'd definitely be happy if we we do that amount of business and i don't know how much truth it is uh as in it like we were on about it earlier but someone said we might be able to jed wallace as well yeah if there's that any tweet than that i'd be over a while ago because he is quality but i'm I, i'm suspicious signing, wouldn't it say again sorry that would be a season-changing changing signing. Yeah, he's, he, you know, he's, when he ticks, Millwall tick. And, but that's why I'm a little bit suspicious. I don't know why he'd come to us. We're like in the same sort of standard in the league at the moment. I know we're a slightly bigger club in terms of, you know, we've been up to the Premier League and things. And he's got a good relationship to ha- with Harris. But I think that's where the speculations come from. Like my gut instinct is someone's Easy gone. Link, yeah, it's Easy gone link, Millwall. Link. Yeah, mil, ex-Millwall, Millwall. Who's decent? Jed Wallace. There we go. But well, if the, the tweet, yeah, it'd be class. The tweet says Neil Harris also has Jed Wallace on his list, but with Millwall not keen on striking a deal and one of Murphy or Hoyler having to make way, it looks like a no-goer. Good news for Harris at club appear to be backing him, but skating on thin ice. I mean, Ben, I, I think I know the answer for this, but would you swap one of Hoyler or Murphy for Jed Wallace? Yes, I'd swap them both. Would you drive either of them to Millwall in exchange for Jed Wallace? Uh, no, because that breaking COVID guidelines and good answer, mate. Good answer. But yes, good answer. yes I would. <laughs> I mean, are you have. I, I think look, if, if the club, if the club pull this off, with uh, even sort of if you miss out on Hurahan or Wallace, and you get Gilbert Simpson and NG at Inge, or whatever he's called in, Perry. I think, that's a, I think NG. Yeah, I think that's fantastic business. I think the board have to be praised for. Sort of not just investing the money, but sort of allowing allowing us to crack on with it. I think it's cracking business. It really, really is, and sort of fair play to them, especially well, when it doesn't like we're going to do much this season. I think it's yeah, fair play. We can't let them get away with everything. Uh, we we do have to touch on one bit of sad news from the transfer window so far, and that is um, Gavin White, the Gav man. Uh, he's moved on for on a loan deal to Hull. Uh, Tom, I saw you shaking your head in sadness there. Uh, ben, how do you feel about that? Are you disappointed? Do you think you're happy for him just getting some game time? You know, if you love him, let them go. And if he comes back, it's meant to be all that kind of stuff. Or I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping it's absence makes the heart grow fonder. And we throw the biggest welcome back parade for him and his dog when he comes back. Because I think one of the highlights of Cardiff City Instagram, Cardiff City's players Instagram is his little sausage dog. So, oh, I didn't even know he had a little sausage dog. Gosh, little sausage dog, and it's very, very cute. And I'm all about, I, I like dogs, so but yeah, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's just really, really, really is inconsiderate because that knackers half of our tweets. Yeah, I mean, who are we gonna focus upon now? Maybe 
Maybe Waters, call it Max Man. I don't know, really. It needs to be something that flows off the tongue, Tom. Have you got any ideas? Not off the top of my head. No, I'm still thinking of forfeits, but I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Right, that's the transfer window roundup. Let's jump into the Twitter questions now, which there are quite a lot. Some of them we have answered, but I'll run through them. And I'll go back to back so you all, you all get a fair go at answering the questions, Ben and Tom. Um, first one from you and James. In my opinion, the past couple of days of transfer shows that as long as we're not dragged into a relegation scrap, that Neil Harris is still backed by the board. Uh, ben, do you think this is the manager the club wants in terms of removing Deadwood and bringing in young, hungry players? Seems that way, doesn't it? Seems so. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon, is he? I think the club yeah. believe in what his pro- what he's doing and sort of they're looking to back him. And if it works, fair play. But right now, I don't feel confident in that. Adrian Coles asks Tom, who sits behind Harris and helps manage and coach this squad? Livermore and who else? Their role should be questioned by the fans. Also, as I know, Harris is the front man as manager. What do the other two, to, in terms of challenge, support, implement tactics, etc.? I mean, I don't really know who we've got as coaches anymore. I know we've got Livermore. Uh, I know Dave, is it Dave Edwards is in charge of the academy, not in charge of the academy, he's in charge of some of the back group. Steve Morrison's in charge of the other 23s. Do you think that's a fair point that there should be more from the coaches? I don't think we could possibly know, could we? It's, no. just, <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know what's going on in the training ones, ground. The other one's James Robry, and like every manager we've had since Mackay has kept him on board because he's so highly thought of. He's like really, really well regarded as a young sort of upcoming coach. Like he was considered for the manager's role when um, it was Trollope, wasn't he? Oh, that's a shame. He was, one of the, he was one of the names considered to go in and actually be manager. Um, he clearly knows his stuff when it comes to football. You've got Andy Dibble then, um, who I think has moved around by me because I've seen him a couple of times the last few weeks, walking <laughs> around in a Cardiff City shit jacket with his initials on constantly, which really makes me laugh. As if he's watching just Dibble watch. <laughs> I just had a little look at James Robry's LinkedIn. Um, he became I one of the young one of the youngest people in the world to complete the UEFA A license, and then the youngest to complete the UEFA Pro license. I'm going to endorse it for coaching. (laughs) (laughs) I had him for a golf day with Gabs and Simon Church, and he was a really, really nice guy. He looks like a nice guy. He's got a lovely profile picture on LinkedIn. Very, very nice. Has he still got hair in that? Because he's recently shaved it off. No, no, he hasn't got hair in it. He hasn't got hair in it. Um, Next couple of of more statements and questions, boys, so don't worry about that. Reese Thomas, watching Cardiff games with the screen turned off is actually the best way at the moment. Uh, Simon Underhill, very happy with the signing. Still disagree, Harris is the man to get the best out of them. And I think that's that's a fair sentiment, really. Um, Alex Strange, who did I ask the last one to? I asked you, didn't I, Tom? Yeah. I'll come to you, Ben. Where do you do you start Bakuna in midfield as soon as a right-back has been signed? I think I know the answer, but Ben? Yeah, I would. I really think the midfield needs his energy, even if at times he is guilty of running around like a headless chicken. Right now, we need that at a minimum just to get this midfield going. Yeah. Um, one for you, Tom. Alex Strange, again, where does Waters fit in? Will he start alongside Moore? Um, it sounds like Waters could play the Harris role when we play Mark Harris up front, right? Is that is that fair to say, do you think? Yeah, I think it might be a better quality Mark Harris. Oh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know a huge amount about him. Only what was said during the Crawley-Leeds game. 
And I think any Cardiff fan who claims to know a lot about him is talking through their ass. Um, but <laughs> he's got an XG of 0.67. Scores a goal every 79 minutes. He's got 13 in 12. Was released by Doncaster um, and wants to move to Cardiff because it's a nice place to live. Yeah, that was I like that. Nice touch, though. As Wales is a lovely yeah, nice place. Touch. To live. It's like nice. But what I like is it's a nicer touch, and you realise Swansea were desperate to get him. Yeah. Yeah, but that's our scouting policy now, isn't it? It's just, what are they doing down the road? Should we try and nab them from underneath them? No, it's working we just block, block, him off at the M, block him off at the M4. <laughs> yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> on the bridge. Like, turn here, turn, turn. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think you might see him start up top with more, because why not? Um, I don't know. He seems like he can put the ball in the back of the net and linking up with more. Perhaps it'd be a dangerous two up there. Um, yeah, why not try it? Throw him straight uh, James C. Roberts, very happy with all the potential transfers with Big Kiefer coming back and feeling optimistic going forward, brackets, I think. Do you think uh, Do you think Harris generally believes he played well? Yes, they surely can't. Well, we kind of covered that off. Um, it's a bit deluded. Connor Griffiths, despite how bad Cardiff have been lately and the poor decision made tactically by Harris, can the return of Tomlin, Geordie, Morrison, Moore, and also the possibility of adding Simpson, Perry and G. Waters and another winger flip the season, or does a change of manager need to happen? Ben? That's a fair point, right? There's a lot of players to come back in there that do have that potential to change things. I think Tomlin returning is... I've, we forget that we haven't really had Tomlin this season. Morrison could come in and shore things up. Moore is already back in and it's got goals inside him plus the new signings. Could that just be the boost we need? Could we really see that change in the last 23 games? Look, there's no reason why we can't half a season to go. There's genuinely no reason why we can't put a run together because we haven't put a run together of solid performances and wins this season. We got a nice run in November where we sort of got a nice or a strong set of wins, but they weren't always great performances. So yeah, look, these players are huge. Tomlin on his day is a player that gets into most championship squads. He's actually lost a bit of weight, so don't call him huge. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Jordy, um, look, right back, attacking right back, always good, or can play on the wing and add another option there. Morrison's been one of the most consistent centre-backs in the league this season, even in a defence that's struggling. He's still been quite good. And Kiefer Moore is just fantastic as a player. And you add a bit of quality in there with the other players. It's not all, It's not as doom and gloom as sometimes we make it out to be. It just feels like that at the moment. Uh, Tom, Mr. Kerno says, strange that Harrison call up performance. Excellent. The new sign is encouraging and the step in the right direction in terms of age and potential. Is Harris the man to improve the style of play, though? Relies on direct play and set pieces when Moser and Moore are fit. I, I think he has improved that style of play, hasn't he? Yeah, I think I think he has on the whole. Um, and then when he's got players that he wants in the squad there, perhaps it will improve. You know, I understand the clamour for him to leave over the last month or so. Like, I, I gave up trying to stick up for him last week. But <laughs> I think, you know, I, the, I, we've said it before, I don't think there's too much better out there that we could bring in at the moment that wouldn't take time to bed in anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think why not give him till the end of the season and then see where we're at then. Cause like I said, I don't think we're going to get relegated. So, you know, in, in this strange season, just let him give, give it, give him this window now, get some players in and see where, where we end up at the end of, end of May. See where we are then, because things can change. Tim Burns, um, he's probably on the same page as you. I'm still just about Harris in. The reasons for our position are often outside his control and like a few years of stability to develop from the youth up. And I hazard that the club may back him after this investment. Promotion unlikely though, so who knows? Things not going to plan, but if there's a project such as developing the academy and cut customs from old squad, turn over old players are part of that remit. 
he, it looks like he's getting backed in that sense. And the p- pandemic has played a part. Gonzo McKenzie, Ingen Waters look solid. Mixed views on Simpson from Bournemouth fans. Consensus seems he can do a job at this level, but prone to the odd error. Never consistent enough to nail down a first team place. Enjoyed Waters' reason for signing. Wales is a nice place to live. That it is. And the rasping dog, Hal Bennett, is back with the last ones. A little fed up with Harris's excuses now, lads, although I'm quietly confident with the new young talent coming in. But with Harris proving again and again that he's devoid of attacking ideas, do you trust him to get a tune out of the newbies? Ben, do you think he's devoid of attacking ideas or he just doesn't have the players that he wants to get the attacking ideas in play if that makes sense sorry I've got coronavirus my brain's foggy <laughs> um I don't know I can't I genuinely can't tell because you you think about it Ojo when he's on song is a good player Murphy's got talent Hoyler can still do a job at this level and you've got a player that half the championship and Premier League wanted in Wilson Mm-hmm. It should be enough to provide that along with you. All right, we missed him for a couple of games, but you've got uh, Kiefer Moore, £2 million striker, international, plays regularly. And you've got a £5 million player in Robert Glatzel as well. It's not like he's short of options and devoid of sort of, he's got nothing to play with. There's still good quality players there that should all be playing in a system that suits them better. Fair. And then Tom, the last question from Benefactor was, I'll say 2-2, cut our losses and send him back to Arsenal. What's the point in keeping him? Do you think that could be the, the reasoning behind signing Bear and Perry NG that we're going to lose I'll say 2-2? Because he's barely played this season, is he? Yeah, when he's fit, he, he was brilliant. He was one of our most promising players at the beginning of the season. And I think, you know, if he if he's close to fitness and coming back, I'd love him to stay. But if he is going to be injured for weeks and weeks... Then He's it, out to four, four to six weeks, I think it is. It's yeah. not the end of the world, is it? You know, I, I think it, these signings haven't all gone through yet. Um, so, yeah, I'd keep him around until we, we know we've got the depth there. But he was quality early in the season. You can see he's a good, good player. So I, I'd like to have him in and around the squad if you know you're going to get another like, 10, 15 games out of him. He did wonder... problems in his last uh, loan, though, didn't he? In the bun- uh, two bunt in the second Bundesliga, he didn't play... Right. Were you going to try and say what, what's what's two in German, Ben? <laughs> Thanks, Fry. Fry. Yeah. I don't know, mate. I can't speak. I can't speak any other languages. I'm literally trying I just, to think. It's about... just because you tried it twice. <laughs> but in my head, I was going. I was thinking of the Ramstein song where they talk down in the chair. I was like, Eins, Fry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know what his contract situation is. Also, Tutu now, not Ramstein. I don't know what his contract situation is at Arsenal. I think it might be, I don't know if it's up at the end of the year or if that's just on transfer market, that's just our loan. But I wondered if there was always an eye on the future with someone like Osso Tutu, get him in for the year, see how it goes, and then sign him on a free if his contract was up. I think Harris said he would, they are looking if he, if the loan went well to bring him in permanently because we are so short of right backs at the start of the season. That was mentioned. But I don't think his contract's up. I think he's still got two no. years left. I can't see it doesn't it, it's not clear on transfer market which is what I usually use to to kind of guide these things so um that's a shame that's a shame transfer market get your shit together you're not like fotmob fotmob's better um Please actually trans- yeah I'd like transfer market sponsors cuz I use it quite a lot I don't know what they give us though it doesn't matter. Um, right, looking ahead now after transfers and Twitter questions, it's QPR on Wednesday. We've got a game Wednesday, then no game next weekend because I think it's the FA Cup and then another game the following Wednesday. Um, ben, QPR, two managers under pressure. We need a win. Um, what are you feeling towards this game? Do you like QPR? I don't like QPR. We never seem to do well against them. And I really don't like their ground. 
I know it's I a love classic. Vic. I love. I know Vic it's one. a classic old screw ground, but it's a shithole in it. Oh, it's fucking awful. Yeah, it's horrible it's to look at. When I lived near there, I went to um, this is uh, just apropos nothing. I went there to watch them play Warsaw in uh, the League Cup. I think it was on a Tuesday. Bought myself a, like a hot cup of coffee because it was quite a cold night. Went to sat down, kind of spilt it on myself, and the guy next to me just laughed at me. <laughs> he's like look you silly cunt and I was like what <laughs> you don't even know who I am um, but all I can say about him was that he smelt like a cold house so fuck that guy I, um, I went to watch QPR Sheffield Wednesday there um, random like midweek fixture and um, there wasn't many people there and their stand is so old it just doesn't cater for someone who's six foot three yeah, and, and my legs were so crammed in and it was so empty there the bloke who was sitting in front of me could see me he moved up and went, do to put your legs over the top, mate? So I was just there with my legs over the top of the seat <laughs> for the rest of the game. I was just like, it's such a shit, though. I love it. It's just awful, awful ground. Awful ground. Awful ground. The walk into the ground's bad. It's just not a nice ground. It did provide, though, one of my favourite tweets ever a few years ago when that woman complained to the London Met Police about Cardiff fans loving horse shit at them. <laughs> God, that always gets retweeted just before we play them, and every time it makes me laugh. Why won't? Why wouldn't she delete the tweet? I don't know, but but I don't. I don't know if she doesn't use it anymore because because she got fucking she got hammered more than they got hammered with dealt with horseshit from the stuff that came after that tweet. But there's a lot about Cardiff fans not right in the head, are they? Picking up horseshit (laughs) to throw at people. That's the thing, though. It's like you know, you sort of see these things, and it's like didn't happen. Oh, that, def- that definitely happened. Yeah, 100%. And, and that, was, that, that, was the, that was the days before the prevalence of hand sunny. So their hands must have been stinking all the way back to Paddington. I think it was like two, three years ago it happened. Oh, yeah. rank. That is rank. Um, two managers. I think I think um, QPR had gone 11 games without a win until the weekend where they beat Luton, Tom. Um, Mark Warburton tends to favour kind of attacking football. They've got decent players. You know, they signed Charlie Austin back on loan. I think that chair... Um, did he score against us? But chair in the middle of the park looks interesting. Um, are you worried about this game at all? Oh, no, and that's what worries me then. <laughs> I'm not actually worried. I fancy us to get something from it. Um, I'm just looking at uh, like our fixtures coming up and it just seems like... I felt like I've said this like five or six times. But We've it, got to run, haven't we? We have got to run. It's like QPR, Barnsley, Millwall, Bristol City, Rotherham, Coventry, Luton, Preston. Do you know what I mean? Like... Apart from the Bristol City, are probably the the strongest in that, and it's a local derby, and they're on a bit of a slide, or they're very up and down at least. Mm-hmm. I don't know. With new players coming in, if we get a win against QPR, that could be that run that sees us go up the table a little bit. And that's just that optimism, isn't it? All the time, it, it kills you though, isn't it? The opt the the faint hope is. Just yeah, I think. Warm. I think that's why I wasn't that disappointed with the Norwich game is because I just saw it come in. It just felt... I did, I, yeah, the Norwich game I'd written off before it started. Yeah, so it was... yeah. And, but this QPR one, like, apart from... I don't know, I just can't see us losing it and that's what worries me when I feel like that. Ben, would you... Would you I've got a little pun coming. Would you test the waters and throw Max right in? Tom's shaking his head. Ben, would you do that? I don't want to answer it just because of that pun. All right, I'll just ask you again. Would you throw waters right in? Would you throw me at the deep end? For fuck's sake. Coronavirus fog's gone, mate. It's gone. Are you expecting him to come in and make a splashy? Oh, very good. Very good. Um, could he Will get H2O a... goals? No. Will he be yeah, a damn squib? Yeah, good. He could make waves. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think you've got to give him a week of training because he's unknown waters at the moment. That's a pun, right? Is unknown waters a thing? <laughs> uh, uncharted waters. Uncharted, oh, fuck, yeah. So I fucked up my own joke. Say <laughs> <laughs> oh. that. You look so proud of yourself. I, well, like, I, I, was like, I was like, I got one, yeah? And he I was, was proud but unsure. It was a really, yeah. really funny look on his I face. I said it. And I was like, right? that, that didn't sound right. I've got something wrong here. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, still waters run deep. I wish I'd say uh, it. Um, um, uh, oh, yeah, and uh, probably not throw him in. I'd give him a week, sort of hope he gets to it. And give him a week, Tom. It's, it's a big step in it. It's a big, big step up. Is it a bigger step than putting Mark Harris in, though? Who was playing at Wrexham last year? Yeah. But he's been used to being a big fish in a small pond. Are we having that one? No, I mean, Mark <laughs> Harris. It's not a pun on Mark Harris. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Waters. I thought you were talking about Mark Harris. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, anyway, I, why not? I, I probably don't start him, but you know he's in form as well. He's coming in. He's coming in here, scoring goals. Coming in so, hot. Coming in hot, and I know, I know it's a different level. But if you're if you're coming in confident, scoring goals every seventy nine minutes, wherever your start was earlier, why not give him a go? Yeah, the goal's got to keep flowing from Waters. Exactly. Um, anyway, do, you say, do you say it, Waters? By the way. I don't waters. know actually. I'm waters, sure it's Waters. Because it's W A T T, isn't it? It's Waters. Yeah. It could be electrifying if he's Waters. What? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, give me that one. I'm yeah, sorry, I've just I've... been distracted by the um Joe Le- the latest updating Joe Ledley's Twitter. Oh yeah, page. he's had his Twitter hacked, isn't he? What's it saying got, now? It's gone it's gone from flogging PS5s to prepare Exposing yourself. The truth. I have the funds to go out and buy storage of food before it's too late. I've got my account back today. It's time to expose. And they've changed his name to Joe, exposing the world. Earlier, also... his earlier his Twitter name was just Mates. Yeah. <laughs> Joe yeah. Mates. <laughs> he also tweeted Meow. Yeah. Just... The world is uh, not what we think it is. I'll be exposing soon. I don't know. I'll ask my mates if it, I'll ask the people I know who know Joe Ledley if he's just you know going in for wars on us. Find out the real truth. Say, I'll expose it, the it's truth. It's not. It wasn't uh, meow. It said say meow. I've just found the tweet. Oh, sorry. That's it. All right, meow. Also, he <laughs> tweeted about the coronavirus vaccine. Don't take it. It, it makes, it you, makes gay. you gay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is just Christ. low level banter. Anyway, back to the QPR game. Um, I mean. The, the changes, Tom, that could happen between now and obviously Wednesday when the game is, it all depends on the transfers that come in. I think there's the expectation if Pack's suspended and if we get a right back in, Bakuna moves straight into the midfield. More must start, surely. Are there any other changes that you'd make to that team or is it surely, purely dependent on the transfers we make in the next couple of days? Yeah, I think, like you said, I think Moore's got to come in. Um, and if he's 100%, actually, if he's 50% fit, just get him up there. He's better than what we got. But I, have, I think bringing Bakuna into midfield is key now because... That, I think that's another reason why Nelson's been caught out as well. Our full-backs aren't up to much and the midfield. So, like, the focal point has been on the centre-backs. But, yeah, again, that kind of engine back in the midfield because, I don't know, we're out of ideas there, aren't we? So, moving Bakuna up, more on. And, to be honest, yeah, having, like, Waters on the bench and bringing him on for the last 30 if we needed a goal. Do you agree, Ben? Yeah, I agree with pretty much all of that, to be honest. Oh, look at that. In agreement. Well done, guys. Um, I guess that yesterday Harris refused to answer or entertain the questions about his future. Um, we've kind of talked as if he's he's not going anywhere anytime soon, Ben. But 
if we lose on Wednesday and we lose badly or we don't play particularly well because QPR seems to be our bogey team, do you think he goes or do you think he's sticking around no matter what? I don't think he's going anywhere. I think the board are clearly backing him and buying into what he's trying to achieve with the club. Um, yeah, I just think if he was going to go, you've lost five games on the bench, you haven't played well. I think he'd have gone 24 hours after the Norwich game. I don't think there's any chance of him going anytime soon. I think he's here till the summer at least. What do you think, Tom? Do you agree? Yeah, I've kind of accepted that now. I think by, right. by the looks of the, like, the signings coming in, I'm kind of convinced myself why not as well. <laughs> give him to well, like I was saying it a few weeks ago. Then I had a give bit it of Harris. A, give it Harris the end of season. Give it Harris the end of the season. But right. yeah, I think uh, yeah, I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. Can imagine have been in a job though where you're asked every week if you think you're going to be sacked. I get why he gets pissed off because yeah, I wouldn't like it. Go to that. Do you reckon he's going this week? Do you reckon he'll be sacked? Just... I get asked that most days. <laughs> Not surprising. But yeah. Uh, oh, cheers, mate. Um, <laughs> right. Predictions. Uh, I'm going to go with Cardiff 2, QPR 0. Ben? Uh, yeah, I was going to go along those lines. I'll go 3 1 Cardiff. Tom? 3 0. 3 0. Wow. Um, so we're going to win, guys. Uh, you heard it here first. Um, well, Tom, right. Tom's been very clever there. Why? He's not said 3-0 to who? <laughs> oh, yeah. If we lose 3-0, he goes, fucking told you, boys. Fucking told you. Yeah, no, th- I think we'll win 3-0. There we go. Right. Moving on to the last the last vestibule of the podcast. Um, last vestibule, is that even the right word? Last vestiges, sorry. Um, I've got a quiz I've written. Do you guys want to do a quiz? It's all about the playoff final in 2003. Yeah. Yeah, go on. <laughs> you actually want to? Yeah, I was only 10, so I might struggle. All right, well, question one. Go on, get your pen and paper ready, boys. I was 12 and couldn't go because I gave my ticket to my uncle, so... and I, Yeah, and I was 10 and watched it with my grandfather who had a season ticket for Swansea for 72 years. So I, I went and ate, ate, ate chicken cottage before we went into the ground because um, the both, me and my dad were so nervous that we couldn't eat. <laughs> so we just went to chicken cottage and ate like two bites of like a chicken thigh and a drumstick each and just went into the ground. Um, God, it was a good day. Have you got a pen there, Ben? All right, my missus has packed. She, she did that really unhelpful thing of when she tidied up, she moved everything where I thought it was. So, yeah, I found one. Moved everything where you thought it was? From where I thought it was, sorry. Oh, from where you thought it was. Yeah. All right, uh, question one. I mean, I've kind of... Some of them are easy, some of them are hard. Sometimes they be good, sometimes they be shit. Uh, question one. Cardiff City beat Bristol 1-0 in the playoff semi-final. Which player scored our goal? And there's a bonus point. Who assisted him? Oh, I can't. Oh, this is going to be horrific. Who scored the goal to beat Bristol and who assisted him? Question two. <clears throat> QPR stayed at the Celtic Manor the night before the final, but what incident marred their stay? What was that one again? Sorry. Um, let me read it out again. QPR stayed in the Celtic Manor, or the Celtic Manor, depending on what you want to say, the night before the final, but what incident marred their stay? Question three. The Football League made a decision not to play either national anthems ahead of the final, stating, 
This is a club match, not an international match. The clubs involved in the final, Cardiff QPR, were each allowed to play a club song. Which songs were played? Good this question, isn't it? Yeah, if you know it. So times like this, it makes me realise that I've just got like an unhealthy knowledge of all things Cardiff City. Because I probably would have got, if I hadn't written this quiz, I probably would have done okay. Question four. Yeah, I did. That was the only one I wasn't sure of. Question four. Which minute did Andy Campbell score the winner in? Bonus point. Who assisted him? (laughs) (laughs) Which minute did Andy Campbell score the winner in? And the bonus point. Who assisted him? And then the last question. The last question. This one's quite tough. Um, Andy Campbell famously ran to the stands to celebrate with a chin-up gesture but which player was that directed at? Oh, I remember this story but I can't think who the player was Fuck. I think he'd been released or it was it was not like an in-joke but an in-thing they had when they were both at the club No, he had a pop it was under the cosh someone mentioned this on under the cosh and I can't remember what it was Right, answers? Yeah, go for it. All right, question one. Cardiff City beat Bristol 1-0 in the playoff semi-final. Which player scored our goal, Ben? Uh, Thorne. Yep, and who assisted him, Tom? I put Cav, but I don't think it's going to be right. Willie Boland. Oh, big Willie Boland. I got Boland. that. You got, got two. So there's a point <sighs> each for each answer. Each answer. I got um, <clears throat> ben, QPR stayed at the Celtic Manor the night before the final, but what incident marred their stay? Uh, the fire alarm went off. That's right, guys. Well. Just yeah, it was a, yes. a th- the standard. A th- yeah, a three a.m. fire alarm by Sam Herman's minder, apparently, allegedly. Oh, gotta love it. Question three: The football league made the decision not to play the national anthems ahead of the final, stating this is a club match. This is a club match, not an international match, boys. So we were allowed to pick a song each. Tom, what song did Cardiff City pick? I've panicked. I've gone Hey Jude. Nope, it's Ben. I followed the same approach. I went for Men of Harlech. It was Men of Harlech. Oh, why didn't I say that's so obvious? And QPR's song, if either of you get this, I'll be I've, amazed. I've Tom. gone for London Calling. Um, ben? I went for Winky Winky Bum Bum. That's a good song. No, it was Pig Bag. What the fuck's that? You'd recognise the tune. I've listened to it twice today, and I can't remember what the tune is, but it's something <laughs> that we all sing chants to. It's like okay. one of those... Um, Famous. Song. I'll see if I can play it now. I had a, I a, I had a busy day. Have you? You've listened I've got to Pig coronavirus, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> true. Sorry, yeah, just to rub it in. <laughs> right. It's um. It's what you. Da, 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 da. Kev oh. McNaughton. Da, 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 Was that the that, song? That's Pig, Pig Bag. Bag. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just have to listen to it. I don't know if that will come through on the audio for everyone at home, but I had to listen to it quickly to remember what it was. Question four, Tom. What minute did Andy Campbell score his goal in? 114. Ben? 114. You're both spot on. And I who assisted him, Ben? I didn't. I Wally. Gareth Wally. Yes! <laughs> and then question five. Andy Campbell famously ran to the stand to celebrate with a chin-up gesture. Who was it for, Ben? Uh, I went through... I'm going to own up. I cheated a little bit on this. I went through the end of the Kosh podcast feed and sort of tried to work out who it could be. And the only one I can think it could be is Jason Bowen. 
You cheated and you still got it wrong. Fuck! <laughs> I've a Spencer Pryor. No. <laughs> He was playing. <laughs> Jones. It was Gethin Jones. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what he did. I I don't know if he did it to someone on the field. I don't know what. Yeah. Oh, the Chris Gunter. Um, no, I right. think this was a fuck you chin up more than a uh, Chris Gunter. I heard, it was, I heard yeah. it was like an in. I, when I looked it up earlier, Andy Campbell basically said it was something that they, they did behind the scenes because obviously Andy Campbell, Andy Campbell, which I only found out today, was only past fit the day before the game because he had a hernia operation about a week before the final. I had a hernia operation years ago and I couldn't play for six weeks. Mental. Um, Total up your points and then there is a tie break if it's needed. I think you might be equal. I got five. Yeah, I got four. But you cheated. I got it wrong. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't trust any of the other answers now. That's fair. I give the win to Tom. Thank you very much. (laughs) Appreciate it. The tiebreak question was QPR without which key player for the final, a player which Cardiff immediately signed that summer. Tom? I have no idea. Ben? Richard Langley. Uh, Richard Langley. Which leads us nicely onto the view from Oh, shit, yeah, I should have worked that one out. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) Looking at the running order, the answer was there. It was right there in front of you. Um, Ben, do you have the results from last week's Hall of Fame? I do. Let me unlock my phone because my phone's decided to lock. So it happens when you leave it for longer than either 30 seconds or a minute, depending on your settings. Podcast feed uh, from there. So, yeah, it was Hall of Fame. Um, unsurprisingly, it was a walkover this week. Uh, ben James went big and finally paid off. Big. Well, what did you go for? Uh, Aaron Ramsey's twenty eleven loan. loan. I'm joking. It, it's a fair pick. Um, yeah. So um, in second place, then with nineteen percent, which I don't get. I thought they had done better than that. Was Grumpy Dave Jones? Yeah. And then Lee Naylor's Leeds goal. Um, got sixteen percent, but I'm waiting Doc. for Tom. I'm waiting for Tom to uh, sort of claim that he was done hard because I fucked up the spell of Ellen Road. Sixteen yeah. percent, though, that's bigger than I was expecting. That, to be fair, it's bigger than I thought. And yeah. I, 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 I would, I would have guessed less than ten percent. I'd have guessed. Yeah, I thought 10%. that. So right, you can go first then, then can't you? Because you won. I can first. go first. And who am I putting into the view from the Hall of Fame this week? It's Richard Langley. Um, I, this isn't going to win, but I just loved Richard Langley. Um, when he played for QPR, he was always the player of the thorn in our side. He was, I think he scored against us late in that season when they beat us at Ninian Park. Um, he was just a cut above. Um, we signed him and I thought, yeah, this is the perfect signing. We're going to go into the championship with one of the best attacking players from uh, the division below us. It didn't work out that way, but I still got his name on the back of my shirt, uh, Langley 25 on that Cardiff City shirt from that first season. He signed the front of it. Um, I used to get abuse for wearing that shirt, but I loved him. I just thought he was a quality footballer who we classically didn't get the best out of, but I still loved him and I was really sad when he left us and it didn't work out. So I want to nominate Richard Langley on a personal level going into the view from the Indian Hall of Fame. It's a solid pick. Thank you. It's not going to win. Tom, you're up next. I've shamelessly ripped this from Socially Distant Sports Bar podcast. Um, where they were talking about Cardiff City, the movie, Johnny Owen's unbelievable video that they played in the build-up to the 2008 FA Cup final. And as we've seen since, Johnny Owen's gone on to make ridiculously good documentaries. But it was just so different to everything you saw before an FA Cup final. Like it started with a line, so you think you know what Cardiff City's all about. 
and then just drops into some like 90s music and we just like didn't shy away from our kind of gritty hooligan past and it's just an awesome awesome video and being from west wales i'm not kind of part of that kind of south wales valleys cardiff mentality of every town going to follow cardiff like i'm not from that and i'm quite jealous of it so that video used to get me really pumped up and then going to uni and like learning about welsh history and he goes on about like the the um i'll be there chant and the history behind that and it just gets you absolutely buzzing for a game if you watch it and i used to watch it every couple of weeks like years ago and that, but that coming back up on that podcast the other day just oh it's just and just the scene like they show so many pictures and videos of ninian park and it, it just you can't help but be nostalgic and you just want to run through a brick wall like before watching the cardiff game if you watch that and i reckon that should be played to the players before every game and then i don't think we'll be conceding three minutes in anymore so yeah i ain't going for Cardiff City, the movie. I'm very jealous of that pick because that's what I was going to go for this week. Go on then, you can go for your actual pick now, Ben. So I've sort of followed on from what you picked this week. I've gone for just the midfield from the season of Aaron Ramsey's loan. Obviously, you had Ramsey on loan, which is ridiculous. But then you've also got Peter Whittingham, Steve McPhail, uh, Jason Kumas, Sale Ifanjana, and of course the magnificent Aaron Wildig. That midfield, still going, mate. He's playing well. Still at um, Macclesfield. Morecambe, one of the two. <laughs> I love how you said playing well, as if you've been watching him and then named the wrong club. <laughs> but yeah, I um, love that midfield. The fact that midfield didn't get us to the Premier League with Craig Bellamy, Michael Chopra, and Jay Bothroyd as sort of compliments to it and sort of the strikers is ridiculous and we were sort of I don't think we realized how well Dave Jones did to build that midfield on pennies as well um yeah. there's not a bad player in that in that entire bunch there's not a bad player really possibly other than Aaron Wildig um yeah I just think it's a cracking field and that's why I've gone for it it's one of my favorites of all time how dare you say that about Aaron Wildig he set up Michael Chopper's winner against the Jacks yeah that is true Right, that's the view from Ninian Hall of Fame. When is the vote going up? Ben Price. Wednesday. Is it going to have any spelling mistakes in it this week? <laughs> very bad at it. Three, I think three, three weeks running, I've sort of um, put spelling mistakes in it. Well, we'll be looking out for him this week. I've got Grammarly as well, which makes it even worse. I still haven't managed to get it wrong. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm just a very um, fit man. I can't help it. You know, you're a very handsome and clever man. Right. Um, obviously ending, uh, ending the podcast this week on a sad note, which obviously the news around Sol Bamba um, this week, diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, I, I think it's just fair, really, that we kind of dedicate some time to a, a Cardiff City legend and, and, and just give him the, the kind of positive praise he's, he's due, really. I think he's been, he's been a legend since he came to the club, isn't it? Yeah, he came in scored with the perfect debut, scoring the winner in a local derby against Bristol City. And it was love at first game, wasn't it? He was absolutely, mm -hmm. he was phenomenal that game. Absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, there's, you just love him. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He fights Neil Warnock. He smiles nonstop. He's just been, he's everything I love about Cardiff City and a bloke, Solbamba. He's not just a good player. He comes across as just a lovely, lovely man. Yeah. Tom, do you agree? Do you have anything else you want to add to that? No, that's perfect, really. Because like, 
it typifies him, doesn't it? The fact that he tries to fight his own manager, but then comes across like the friendliest bloke you'll ever meet off the field. And the fact that he mm-hmm. tried to fight that manager, but that manager still loves him. Yeah. It shows that the character of the man. And, you know, like you said, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he does typify what Cardiff fans expect from a player. Just go out there, enjoy your, enjoy your football, but just put a shift in. And he did. And yeah, he, he looked a bit leggy and stuff over the last like few appearances for us, but no, no one cared. Everyone forgave him for it because of what he did before it. And you know it wasn't through lack of effort. And I think that's what some of the players now will probably get stick for. You And you never got that from Bamba. Um, but yeah, it's devastating news. But if anyone's going to fight through it, it'd be him. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll, yeah. He's, he's fighting it with his, his positive attitude and good grace as always. So yeah. So I'll just... As a as a as an endpoint of this podcast, we're we're all with you. We're all in your corner, and we we hope to see you back back at the club in in full health as soon as we can. So, to you, Sol. may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty but they like to talk about Cardiff City it's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and